You're listening to 89.5 FM KOPN Columbia, Mid-Missouri's source for in-depth news, diverse talk and music of the world. It's not just radio, it's community radio on the web at kopn.org. And this is Speaking of the Arts. Good morning and welcome to Speaking of the Arts, Mid-Missouri's only in-depth weekly art show. My name is Diana Moxon. Both segments on today's show can trace their roots back to the turn of the 1960s. One to the music scene of Chicago and the birth of R&B and the other to the art scene of Columbia. In the second act of today's show, the Columbia Art League's Executive Director, Kelsey Hammond, and Central Bank of Boone County's Vice President of Marketing, Mary Wilkerson, drop by to talk about the Boone County Art Show and its origin story on a rainy Saturday way back in 1960. But first, we go to the upper Midwest of the 1960s and 70s and the burgeoning R&B music scene that was exploding out of cities like Chicago and Detroit. It is here in the musical Dreamgirls that we find the Dreamettes, a black female R&B group who are fighting their way up the ladder to achieve their dreams of becoming nationally famous. This is a time of radical social change and the bands not only face racial discrimination, but also rampant misogyny by the male dominated music industry. The musical Dreamgirls premiered on Broadway in 1981 and ran for four years, winning six Tonys in 1982 and two Grammys in 1983. In 2006, it was made into a romantic musical film starring Beyoncé, Jennifer Hudson, Jamie Foxx and Eddie Murphy amongst an all-star cast. It is a musical overflowing with powerhouse vocals and the struggle for female empowerment in a highly competitive man's world. And here to tell us more about the play and its new production at Columbia Entertainment Company are its director, David Hall, and actors Olivia Henderson and Shamaria Houston. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for having us. (laughs) So you open Dreamgirls next Thursday. Yes, we do. Are you just all so ready to get all your hard work before an audience? Or are you wondering how many more rehearsals you can fit in over the next six days? Um, For me, it's kind of both. It's like, how much can I adjust it so it can be the best that it can be? But also, I'm just very excited for for everyone to see what story, what amazing story this has um, and what amazing, talented people I have in this cast. Now, you're a graduate of Stevens College, David, mm-hmm. and can generally be found in a show somewhere in Columbia or Kansas yeah. City pretty much all the time. But this is your directorial debut at Columbia Entertainment Company. Mm-hmm. Is this your first directing job yes, overall? Yes, it is. I was, I, I'm so grateful to be able to, to tackle such a huge show. And I was at first, I was a little nervous with it. I was like, oh my goodness, this is such a big show. But once I actually started digging into it, I was like, I want to be the one that tells this story. I want to be the one that kind of pushes pushing away from having away all of this misogyny and all of this like quote unquote toxic masculinity that's throughout that's even throughout all the way back into the 1960s and 70s and I want to show that you don't have to be a cookie cutter form to to get successful um and I really wanted to push it's like that you can be a person of color you can be you don't have to be a size two to be to be successful so having been an actor for so many years and had lots of opinions about directors, I'm mm-hmm. sure, now that you are a director, <laughs> are, you, are you changing how you felt about previous directors? Has it been a, a surprise, some of the things you've had to take on? Some of it, yes. I've understood, I've, as watching so many directors before, I've seen how they think, and I was like, okay, how, can, how do I step into that? Or how do they 
think of it as a whole and that's actually helped me a lot more as I'm standing back like all the way in like row F watching my actors do the show I'm like okay so that's what they do when they're just staring at you with a weird serious face they're thinking so that's I've, I've had to tell my actors that I'm like if I'm looking at you with a very serious face do not take it personal I'm just thinking but do take a picture then mm. uh, then you know what you look like when you're wearing yes. a serious face yes. good to practice you know your blue steel look or whatever yeah. <laughs> whatever directors call it so it is an incredibly ambitious production to direct mm. not least because you need to coax incredible vocal performances out of your three female leads and in act one alone I think you have something like 11 scene changes oh like yeah it's like they the first the first act alone is seven or is 11 scenes and then the second one is eight scenes and I think even within one scene it goes between two different places um, all within a song too so it's like having to figure out what can I do to to make it look like they're shifting from one venue to another venue and make it flow very easily and I've I think I've been able to to accomplish that do you have a very elaborate set or is it easier to keep things really simple um, I've kept it I've kept it pretty bare I've I actually was able to set design it as well so I kept it with a two leveled platform and then two rotating triangles so that helps I was like all right and when we're in this scene this switches to the blue side like <laughs> so it's it's been very easy to be like okay let's let's help differentiate each scene just by the switch of a wall and it's it's something only like two people ha can can do is just rotate it and using the lights too it also help it's like all right and we're moving <laughs> olivia i saw you in hairspray where you delivered such a knockout performance as motormouth maybell that it was all i could do not to give you a standing ovation every time you sang a song oh, thank you so you are perfect with the role of lead singer dina jones of the dreams or dreamettes what is your background as a singer so I started singing in like church choir. Um, my dad's a pastor, so I started when I was about four years old in a church choir. By seventh grade, I was singing in an actual choir in school. Did that all through high school. I'm doing it now in college. I do about two choirs a semester. And that's about as much as I do. I've never really done voice lessons or anything. I just love to sing. My family sings. So you grew up with music in the house the whole time? and Absolutely. And everybody I played was... the piano and everything. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it shows. I mean, you just have an innate talent for singing big songs, it seems. Is this the role that you wanted in Dreamgirls? This is what you auditioned for? I didn't really know Dreamgirls too well at all. Um, I knew Effie. I mean, who doesn't know Effie? Um, <laughs> Effie White? Yes. I mean, she has like the most iconic song in it. But I think when I look at the movie... And David helped, um, but seeing Beyonce and I love Beyonce and being like, I get to be Beyonce on stage. <laughs> that was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, Dina's perfect. <laughs> she is. Shamaria, tell us a little bit more about the women who make up the dreams and the, and the plot of the story. I kind of opened it, but tell us a little bit more how it develops. Well, they're all three definitely individual women. Effie's very strong. And she's one of those people who you cannot tell her that she is wrong at all which kind of sounds like me. <laughs> uh, Dina is more soft-spoken, but she's more like, I'm going to be reserved. I don't want people to really see who I truly am until someone brings it out of her. And Laurel's like, I'm going to go with the flow. Whatever you guys say, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I love that these three women are together because they bring out the best in each other. They may fight, they may argue, but it's just like me every day with friends. 
It's like, I don't like the things that you're doing, but all together we just work. We are a unit, and when you separate us, it's not good. And I love that about these women. So when we when the play opens, you're uh, you're you're called the Dreamette still, and you're trying out for a talent competition somewhere which you don't win, but somebody else. There's a producer or a, a car salesman, as he is in the beginning, <laughs> uh, <laughs> who sees you and says, "I want to be your manager." And and tell us how the story develops a little bit from there. Well. He starts as that car salesman, but he's looking for a way in just as much as they're looking to be famous. So he figures, why don't I use them to make my dreams come true? And when he does that, like he opens doors, though, I will say that he opens doors to places that color people will never get in alone. So it's just like he has a valid perspective of how he sees them in lights. But he also is like, I need to figure out how I can make money. And then he, he turns them into, they, they stop being called the Dreamettes, they become the Dreams, and he starts taking them on a national tour, and their fame grows from there. And there is very little dialogue in the show. It's 75% of the show is all sung. Yes. There might be mm-hmm. one line of dialogue, and then the singing starts over. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Olivia and Shamari having done numerous plays. Is it easier to learn lines or lyrics? Oh, lyrics, every time. <laughs> so much easier. I don't know what it is, but words are so hard. But when we we have one song where we are arguing with each other, and once we got that, is rolls. It is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree. <laughs> David, there has been decades of debate around whether the Dreams are a thinly veiled version of the Supremes, with Olivia's character Dina Jones and obvious Diana Ross, their manager Curtis Jr., a facsimile of Motown manager Barry Gordy, and Effie's brother Cece, inspired by Smokey Robinson. The original librettist Tom Iron said that no, he grew up with the Shirelles, not the Supremes, and that it isn't about any one group, but rather a cavalcade of Motown singers. What do you think? I, I kind of, I agree and I disagree. Um, it seems, it does seem very close to to the Supremes and just the way that their music kind of sounded and then how each of those people ended up playing out. And then where I, where I agree with them that it kind of wasn't is just because if you kind of look back and if you do more research, I think the person that Lorel was based off of had a completely different life story. And her, she didn't end happily like how we end it in our show. It's like I think it ended very, very roughly. So it's nice to it's nice to kind of tweak that to to help it. It's like all right, now we're they're all back together and they're all. It's like let's let's end happy. It's like that's one of my a thing that I I love and hate about theater. It's like you can choose whether or not you wanna you wanna have people happy at the end of it or if you want people <laughs> like kind of confused. It's like well what happened? Um, and I kind of like for this show, it's good to have it as a happy ending. Right, it's, it's conclusive. Olivia, there is a little pretense in the film version, at least, that Dina Jones is anyone other than Diana Ross. Even her hairstyles mirror Diana Ross. And although Supreme band member Mary Wilson commented that the film was closer to the truth than they even know, Diana Ross thought it was an appropriation of her life story and was a long-standing critic of the show and claimed never to have seen the movie. What are your thoughts about how your character comes? across do you think that diana ross is right to feel offended by how how dina jones portrays this character that is supposed to be her i don't think so um i believe that dina starts off very humbled for lack of a better word i guess um she's very reserved like shamaria said but 
she gets to a point in the second act especially where it's all about her and then she kind of tones herself back down she realizes Curtis wasn't who she thought he was and Effie was there the whole time and I think I mean a lot of people when you get into a place of fame for the first time it gets to your head in the beginning so maybe that's not what she wants to portray but I think that's realistic and that's better than anything else in my opinion I don't think she came across badly I mean I really no. like Dina I mean she went through some difficult times and she had to work things out but she did work them out and she always had a good heart yeah so and I our characters are really young they start off at 18 so 18 to about 25 I mean I'm 20 now so I mean it's a weird age you're <laughs> trying to figure out yourself you know things are really new so of course there's going to be a little bit rockiness in our relationship and we have to move grow apart and then come back together so it happens Shamaria as Effie White you get to sing one of the biggest powerhouse <laughs> songs on the modern stage and I am telling you I am not going famously sung by Jennifer Holiday in the original and the incredible Jennifer Hudson in the movie let's take a listen to a clip from the original Broadway cast recording featuring Jennifer Holiday. I'm not living without you. I 
And that was Jennifer Holliday singing And I Am Telling You I Am Not Going from the original Broadway cast recording of Dreamgirls, which will be sung by Effie White, a.k.a. Shamaria Houston, in the upcoming production of Dreamgirls. That is such an incredible song. What are the challenges yeah. of getting that right? I think the biggest challenge that I face is staying out of my own head, which is the hardest thing to do because you're like thinking like, oh, well, you should sound like Jennifer Holliday or Jennifer Hudson. But it's just like, you know, they're singing about their own pain. And sometimes you have to go back to your own pain to actually be able to let yourself free enough to sing it. And are you able to access that on stage? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you prefer Jennifer Holiday over Jennifer Hudson or vice versa? Do you have a preference? I don't. I think they both have such uniquely amazing voices and they bring so much to the table. And this song, and what I love the most about it, is they bring out church, which is what I have grown up in. So it's like it hits home for me. It is such a painful scene to watch in, in the movie, and I'm sure in the play too. I mean, her heart is breaking, and she's trying to tell the man she loves that she's not leaving him, and he just walks away. It's, it's such a sad song. Um, but there's a really a fine line between belting out the song powerfully and just yelling it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even listening to Jennifer Hudson sing it, there are moments when it feels like the singing ends and the yelling starts. How do you manage that? Do you have a good vocal coach? <laughs> I do. He is absolutely fantastic. And he's like, just take it easy. Don't kill yourself. <laughs> and don't kill your voice. And just just flow with it. And let it be natural. And don't sing from your throat, sing from your diaphragm. (laughs) Mm. And your vocal coach is Trent Rash. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Famously former academic at Stevens College, musical coach to the stars, and sitting in the corner of the room to keep us all in check. I like one of the comments someone had posted on the on the YouTube video. It said that if you don't make an ugly face while singing this, you're not doing it right. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so Jennifer Hudson, who played Effie White in the film version, said that she dedicated her performance to Florence Ballard, who was one of the original members of the Supremes and who was removed from the band in 1967 and died of a heart attack at the age of just 32 in 1976. And that is one real-life element that is not included in the play or the musical, mostly because the original Effie White, Jennifer Holliday, quit the project when it was still in pre-production because it would have meant that her character didn't have a role to play in Act 2. Um, so when you're, when you're being Effie, who are you channeling? I am channeling my inner me. I think about everything that I've gone through. Like, her story is so similar to the lifestyle that I've lived. I've battled with some of the worst things heartbreak alcohol I mean it's just a lot of things that I've gone through I'm just like I can relate to you in so many ways and even starting in the church I mean everything that you know that we portray as dream girls you know we have a story our lives weren't as easy as it looks or it may appear so I just love to channel the things that I've gone through which helps me sing the song 
Now, it is a romantic musical. It's definitely not a comedy, but there are some real tearjerker moments in the story. As actors, is it harder to make an audience laugh or reach for their hankies? Ooh. <laughs> oh, you've done Hairspray. I mean, that was funny, romantic, funny musical. Everybody was laughing. I guess, do you feel greater satisfaction when you make somebody cry or laugh? I think it's easier to make people laugh versus cry just because you have to hit somewhere in their in their heart or in their soul to actually just, you know, bring that out of them. Mm-hmm. And laughing, you're just like, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to be silly. But to really actually jerk somebody's soul and bring out that, like, oh, my gosh, I went through the same thing that she did or I feel where she's coming from and I see the hurt that's in her, that's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. David, you've had experience doing both too. Yeah, I think it's it's been a lot easier for me to make people laugh. A lot of the roles I've played previously have been more comedic, and I found it easier. Whereas, like the the few roles that I've had where I've had to be dramatic or I've had to try to push an emotion, I've kind of felt personally I've had to push harder because it's a, exposing a vulnerable side that people don't want to show. Usually, more people are very easy to laugh than they are to cry. Mm-hmm. But I I am one of those people that I'm like, oh, I'll laugh all the time, but get me to cry. That's a lot. Um, So I I think with this show, it it has a it has a mix because there's there's a few funny moments that I've added in or I've pushed. It's like, all right, we're about to hit a a softer, a harder spot. Let's let's throw in a joke real quick or let's let's amp up the small little comedic part just so it's like we get a few laughs in before it's like, all right, now we're going to feel some things. So it's been a very interesting challenge also trying to express that it's like, okay. We're about to get into this. How, um, and that's a that's a thing going from an actor to a director. It's like, as an actor, I can easily think it's personally, I'm like, okay, how this is how I have to channel this. I have to go back to this certain emotion. But as a director, I'm like, how do I portray that to some people that haven't done theater before or that haven't fully had to had to do a dramatic role like this? So it's been a it's been a wonderful thing to to work on myself to express that. Let's talk about wigs and costumes quickly. As the dreams get more successful, so too do their wigs Yes. in the film version. <laughs> in community theatre representation, the budgets are a lot smaller than mm-hmm. real life. Um, so, David, how do you develop the dream girl's look during this um, play? So, thankfully, we have the wonderful Rita White. She costumed... She helped mother costume, of Enola White. Yes, mother of Enola White. She helped... Uh, she costume hairspray, too. So... I've gotten to see a few of the a few of the dresses and a few of the wigs and it's like every time that they do a performance it's like yesterday we started into our tech process and there was a few times they stepped out in dress and I was just like ooh <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's lovely. This looks beautiful. I'm excited to see like it's how how it all comes together too cuz it's like there's it's just moments of pure beauty. Even with the men, some of their costumes that they that they wear that Jimmy wears, he comes out in one number and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, he just looks great." So, it's glittery. It's it's sparkly like <laughs> for for those big numbers cuz I think that's kind of needed to help even add in that extra push. It's like, "All right, and now they're really they're really kicking it. They're really doing great." Have you had the, they haven't had the final or the started dress rehearsals yet? No. So, okay. No. But you've seen the costumes, Olivia. We've seen most of them, but some of them are still being made. Okay. Because she is amazing and she can make anything. So, But no one gets to keep the costumes at the end. You have to give them back. No, you can actually you buy can them. You can buy them. I have some of mine from Hairspray. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I might, I might want some of them if any, any out for sale. <laughs> 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 make a donation. Mm, sparkly costumes. I'm all about those. Do you have a full orchestra for this? Yes, I believe we do. And it's they they started coming in a couple weeks ago, and they sound once we once they started uh, playing along with our cast, it's it's helped a lot more, and they sound a lot better. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much to my guests today. They've been director David Hall and actors Olivia Henderson and Shamaria Houston. Their production of the Broadway musical hit Dreamgirls opens at Columbia Entertainment Company next Thursday, October the 24th, and it runs for three weekends. Evening showtime is 7.30, plus there are 2 p.m. matinees on Sundays. You can get tickets at cectheatre.org or by calling the box office at 573-474-3699. Tickets are $14, except for Thursdays when they are only $10. So go along to opening night and uh, you get a $4 discount and you get to be the first people to see the amazing production of Dream Girls. Break a leg, everybody. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. You're listening to Speaking of the Arts at 89.5 FM, KOPN Columbia. And after a short break, I'll be joined by two Dream Girls from the visual arts world Columbia Art League's Kelsey Hammond and Central Bank of Boone County's Mary Wilkerson. Stay where you are. Back in a mo. Welcome back to Speaking of the Arts. I'm not sure if there is any local arts organisation in Colombia that has been around longer than the Columbia Art League. The league was founded in 1959 by the globe-trotting, art-collecting, endlessly curious Art and Betty Robbins. The first art fair, which became Art in the Park, was also in 1959. And the very next year, on a rainy Saturday morning in 1960, according to the law that has been passed down through the ages, the first Boone County Art Show took place at Boone County National Bank. The partnership for that day between Boone County National Bank and the Columbia Art League has withstood the test of time and multiple executive and marketing directors, but it is safe to say that it is a relationship held dear by both organisations. This weekend, the 60th annual Boone County Art Show returns to take over the ground floor of Central Bank of Boone County at 720 East Broadway and here to talk about the transformation that in just a few hours will turn the bank's lobby into an art gallery are Central Bank of Boone County's Vice President of Marketing and longtime champion of the arts, Mary Wilkerson, and the Columbia Art League's Executive Director and longtime owner of a bank account, Kelsey Hammond. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Hello. That's so accurate. <laughs> We should probably start with some kind of full disclosure that as I was formerly the executive director of the Columbia Art League and thus the hanger of 11 of Boone County Art Shows, and as I am currently the part-time art curator for Central Bank of Boone County, there is in fact nothing that I can ask you today that I don't really know the answer to. We'll thus, see if I is that a challenge answers. to stump you? Wait a minute. Thus, if at any time either of you has questions for me, please fire away. I have so your Mary, cell number. <laughs> Mary, let's start with the origin story. Yes. What is recorded in the annals of bank history about the Boone County Art Well, show? actually, it's really simple. Um, the Art League was doing a sidewalk art exhibit um, in downtown Columbia, and it started to rain. And so the president of the bank at the time, R.B. Price II, invited them inside the bank. They said, well, just come, just bring artwork in here. And that's literally how it started. And so it was really just a happenstance. It was raining and they needed a place to put the artwork. And so he invited them in. And it was a Saturday, presumably. So yeah. did the bank stay open longer to accommodate the art fair or did I it close at midday? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, 
I don't five know. minutes and then leave. No idea, you know, I have no idea. I mean, it was it was one of those you know it's just one of those stories that's always been told, and that's all literally all I know about it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the only thing that I could ever find yeah. in any of the boxes. Yeah. So interesting, the bank opened its 50 year time capsule this summer, yes. which had been sealed in the fountain surround yes. since 1969. Wow. Were there any references in the capsule to the art show? Do you remember? No, no, not not really, not really. No, it was more um, community stuff, more bank stuff, lots of stuff left for heirs and subsequent generations and so on. But yeah, no, really no reference to the art show. And now, you've, have we buried the new? Yes, fist? yes. Did we mention the art show? Yes, of course. Oh, good job. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Diana? Just checking. It's probably a photo of Diana. <laughs> I don't think there's a photo of me. All right, all right. <laughs> so, Kelsey, somewhere in the manifold Columbia Art League history boxes yes. that we donated to the State Historical Society a decade or more ago, right. there are a ton of references to early Boone County art shows, including photographs and lists of winners, one of which uh, is my favourite, is a young Betty Robbins standing proud next to her first place winning portrait of her, or winning flower painting. And I know you're still in the I'm not sure which side is up phase of your new job. Correct. But have you had a chance yet to look through the history boxes i haven't but you know i know they're there and they're waiting for me so i'm sure that there will be it's getting to be winter soon guys we're gonna we're gonna get there i'm gonna be cold and want to go somewhere warm and look at lots of <laughs> historical records they're very moving yeah i believe it i believe it i i people's commitment to art through the years in this town is really inspiring so i mean i think that i'm gonna be there probably with my box of kleenex you know not <laughs> sponsored by this show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You will need your yes, Kleenex. absolutely. It just, it makes you feel really differently about the organization yeah, once yeah. you see all the love that has gone into it yeah. for, you know, 60 years now. It's it's a phenomenal box of treasures. I think the fact that I don't feel as nervous as maybe I should be, although it's early in the day, so give me a couple hours, <laughs> but I feel really protected and cared for in taking this over, you know, right. sort of because the bank does so much of it, and so I'm going to be there to hurry scurry and make things happen, but... There are so many people that care so deeply about this that it is not me out there going, no, no, come to this bank. You know where it is? It's on Broadway. You know, it's, I, people I know. Am, I am Kelsey's spirit anxiety animal. <laughs> yes, I'm exactly. I'm the one that freaks out. I freak I'll out. You know I do, Diane. I freak out. But you also say it is one of your favorite oh, I love weekends it. of this the year. My, it is the favorite weekend of the week. So year. can you put into words why it is your favorite weekend of the <laughs> year? Because I get to tear up the whole bank. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, it's hard for me to describe. If you've <laughs> never come to the art show, please come. Because what we do is we disassemble the bank. I mean, the whole first floor of the bank is removed, except for basically desks. And it is transformed into an art gallery. And to me, it's incredibly magical. And one of the great things about this show is the diversity of it. I mean, it's basically everything but photography. It's professionals. It's non-professionals. We, we don't know what's going to come through the door. You know, it's it's such a delight. And so if you've never journeyed down to 8th and Broadway during the art show, please come and see the wonderful. And, and let me tell you, 51 weeks a year, our facilities management people love me. <laughs> There's one week a year they hate my guts. This is it. I, have we ever done a time uh, delay? We did. Not time delay, but a time we, lapse photography. Yeah, we yeah. did do that one time. Um, it's with the old lobby uh, but yeah we did do that one time yeah it, it's pretty weird it's it, pretty, it is it's phenomenal pretty at five o'clock it is a functioning bank <laughs> yes and by five thirty, i mean everything is gone and, yeah. it and it gets ready to become I an art cannot gallery wait i cannot wait it's phenomenal yeah it's it's truly amazing that between five and basically 8 p.m we completely transform the first floor of the bank 
Yeah. Oh. All the all the permanent art is taken down. Everybody's desk, all the computers are gone, all their personal their chairs are, are gone. gone. Everything's gone. <laughs> Everything is gone and it's just a blank canvas wow. for art. It's uh, it's a phenomenal process. Now Kelsey, this is your first Boone County Art Show. Correct. Wearing your new ED yep. shoes. Mm-hmm. What are your expectations for the weekend? And don't worry, Mary and I will dash them if they are unrealistic <laughs> or we will Fantastic. big them, we will big them up if they're underwhelming. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I want to be so busy i will be there the entire weekend at the sales desk so you know come by art and support your artists and everybody else but i will be there the whole time so i want to see i want to be so busy that i'm like running through paper and i'm just absolutely calculating all the things and i want to ask people for help with math that's what i want is that there's gonna <laughs> yeah, it's be it's not gonna happen quite like that all right well at least partly and um, but i, I want to meet people i want to see the people who come i'm so excited to have like a giant swath of people that i don't normally see every day come into the bank and you know i want to talk to them about what they like what they think is a little strange you know it is a I great social occasion and a yeah. chance for yeah. the art league director to yeah. you know, chat to people i'll have a name tag so people know who i am people aren't in a hurry they're there to look at the art yeah. and they'll stop and linger and yeah. chat and so yeah. that's kind of really fun there are around 200 artwork entries this year has anything having looked through them has anything jumped out at you particularly I'm pleasantly surprised by how many non-professional painting and um, and other drawings, et cetera, there are, which I think is a, the point of this show is that it is a good mix of professional, non-professional artists. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what people are working on, you know, so there are a lot of names I don't recognize. So I'm really excited to sort of meet some of these new artists and new to me artists. And I don't know, talk to people about what they've been working on. That was one of the things that used to always fascinate me was I would see people at the Boone County Art Show. They would enter an artwork. Right. And they would not cross the threshold of the art league the rest of the year. (laughs) And they'd come in with some incredible piece of art. Right, right. Where are you the rest of the year? Yes, exactly, (laughs) exactly. I know. I'm very, yeah. And I'm hopefully, you know, we'll be doing the hard sell of becoming a member. But um, there's a lot of stuff. I just, I really want to get into it. I want to see what people are working on. I just don't know. You see, because if you go to First Friday or you come to the art league i think you see not the same artists all the time but you see sort of the the ones who are constantly there who are always supporting and always making work and you know who are showing up and this is where they feel comfortable and i think that this the boone county bank show is that it's anybody who is okay i'll put into that it doesn't cost anything and we'll just see how it goes and there's sort of this like okay i'm gonna go for it and i that excitement or that um putting someone you know someone putting themselves out there is really exciting really inspiring so i'm looking forward to that the question of who counts as a professional and non-professional <laughs> artist has always caused a degree of consternation and discontent sure kelsey as the new eyes on an old process what if any changes do you think can be made to quell the grumbles <laughs> you know i'm kind of a relaxed laid-back lady so um i i'm looking at it like this you know yourself pretty well as a person so you're going to define how you are I'm not going to call it into question too much right now. I think that if I see something that is really interesting and maybe needs a little more work or something and you've put yourself down as professional, I might talk to you about it. You know, I'm not afraid to bring it up or to chat about things. But I think that if you have a degree, you're probably, you know, an MFA in something. You've spent a lot of time, a lot of critique time, a lot of people talking to you about your art. And that is necessary to be considered a professional, I think, honestly. But that doesn't mean you have to have been in school to have that kind of critique. If you've been any in any kind of situation where people are giving you feedback and you're taking that feedback and rolling it into what you're doing, then I think you can be considered professional. 
you're working towards something like that. But if you aren't, you know, if this is your hobby and you're having so much fun, I want to see your work, but that doesn't necessarily make you professional and that's okay. Right. We can all be in the same bank together. It, it's mm-hmm. not about, you know, like you're not sequestered over, I don't know, wherever, but you can still be a part of it. It was never professional artists who were upset that maybe the category meant they really should be non-professional. It was sure. non-professional artists who felt like, well, I, I spend all weekend painting, right. therefore I should be a professional painter. And we'd say, well, I mean, you can be wherever you want. We would sure. never say you you were in the wrong category. Right. But, you know, professional by its definition means you earn money Correct. from it. So yeah. if if you paint in your spare room and you spend 48 hours every weekend doing that, that's awesome. But if you're not selling anything. Right. And again, it goes back to that. I think that time that you've spent getting that feedback from other people or if you're in a group of other artists and you guys talk about your work, you're well on your way to that professional space because you're probably at that point making work that people want to buy. And that's then you're selling your work, which means then you're moving into the professional realm. So, But like you say, you can choose where yeah. you want to be. No one's going to say yeah. you're in the wrong category. Exactly. And if what it really means is that if you are not necessarily professional, but you want to be in the professional area, you will your art will be looked at with their artwork. And then when the judge comes around to assign awards, that's where you will be. So then you can kind of decide if that's the right spot for you. Right. Now, there is no cost to submit an artwork for the show. There's no scary jury process. There, there are awards, which mm-hmm. we'll come back to momentarily. So every work that gets entered is hung or placed in the show. And for a lot of people, that's a very going through a jury process is very scary. And so this is sure. the first place that a lot of artists ever hang their work right. is, the, is the walls of the Boone County Art Show. And the only stipulation is that the artist must live in Boone County or be a member of the Columbia Art League Correct. if they live outside the county. But for the purpose of allocating awards, artists are asked to define their work by certain categories. So Mary, can you remember those? Run over those. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> yes, a lot of yes Diana, I can. It, I can uh, help you out if It's you professional painting, non-professional professional painting, professional drawing, non-professional drawing, sculpture, fiber, other media, uh, ceramics, <laughs> ceramics, mm-hmm. professional, non-professional. Well, we do professional mixed media oh, and right. non-professional. Right. So that's the other. other. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nine. It's nine categories. Some of them are a little bit, you know, the sculpture and yeah, the mixed media yeah. other sometimes gets a little confused yeah. whether they're yeah. going to be in the yeah. they're the three-dimensional, but maybe they're in mixed media other, right. which means they get awards in a different category. Right. So sometimes I used to look through and suggest to people that they might want to, you know, move over to sculpture. Right, right. And the one category that is not accepted is photography. Tell yes. us why. Well, it's yeah. really simple. We don't have room for it. I mean, <laughs> you know, when you talk about putting up 200 pieces of art, I mean, photography, would we'd have to we'd have to destroy another floor of the bank. Right, right. I don't think I can get away with that. <laughs> There's a lovely photography display right yes. now on the lower level of the bank. At, or if there was anyway. Sorry. To Is there? Us. Oh, the ones by the elevator. Oh, yes. The yeah. ones that I moved from yeah. the second floor. They're yes. very nice. They have such a great art curator. I am like, really do. I, well, I was looking at them for a long time. Oh, well, jolly good. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, Orr Street does a photography show right. as well every photo year. Vision, yeah. And historically, the Boone County Art Show and Landmark had a photo right. visions show. Right. And it's the same weekend as the fall right. festival. Which was great yeah but that's all kind of fallen by and the then after landmark stopped having the show then all street studios picked right. it up and so there is right now a month-long show on at all street studios called photo visions and that's where we encourage right. photography right. entries to go to for that i think my favorite part of the show is standing in the lobby when the bank doors <laughs> open at 6 p.m and all the artists arrive to check in their artworks it's a magic wonderland of art 
So, Mary, for Kelsey's sake, talk yes. about those two hours from 6 to 8 p.m. and what she can expect this well, evening. Well, it, it really, it's mass chaos is what it is. And, and, you know, I always joke that all I hope for is that it doesn't rain because there's nothing worse than wet artists. I, I, I just can't describe what that's like. But, no, I mean, the minute the doors open, people come flooding in and they've got giant paintings and sculptures and small things. I mean, it's just a hodgepodge of people. We're desperately trying to move that artwork as quickly as possible into the area that it's going to be hung or displayed. And of course, there's always issues. We spell someone's name wrong or the someone doesn't like the price they put on the original form or whatever. And so we've got to make changes. And it really just is chaos for a, a good solid hour of chaos from six to seven. It's streamlined chaos. Yeah. I, I and, think... and, it, and it's better than it used to be. I mean, in the early days, it was way worse. <laughs> um, but now, I mean, it kind of, if we're lucky, it kind of flows. Like last year was really calm, which was amazing to me. I don't know why, no but last year was really calm. So I'm hoping for that. But it really, it, does, it doesn't matter what I want it to be. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> and it is one of those things that I think has just been going on for so long. And so many of the same people are involved year right. after year that, you know, even if all three of us just went and had a drink this evening, it would carry yeah, it on. Would still happen. Right, yes. right, right. Is that an option? I'm in. <laughs> We can bring the wine yeah, with exactly. us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just put you in a back room. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and so, yeah, the all the works arrive. There's 30 or so volunteers standing behind the desks. They take the artworks, large and small, and they and they start moving them back to the various areas in the bank. And I always say to people, don't start hanging, because everyone's super enthusiastic right, to put right. it on the wall. And I'm like, let's get it all on the majority of the work in first. Because even though we don't spend as much time as we do at the Art League working sure. out where everything's going to be placed, we don't have the time, there are still certain decisions that have to be made. Yes. And you can't make it until you know where the big pieces right. are going to be. Right, I was going to say, you've got to have your anchors <laughs> figured right. out. And so, amazingly, 200 works of art all get hung or placed within about an hour. About an hour. By 7.30, yeah. it is done. It's amazing. And people are wandering around. And then the judges arrive. So, right. Mary, tell us who the judges are this year. I can't remember. <laughs> Luckily, I'm I sorry, can. That's too much information for me today. <laughs> the judges this year are Roger and Luann Rimmel from oh, yes, St. Louis. <laughs> Roger is a jeweler, and Luann is a fiber artist and used to work at the Craft Alliance in St. Louis. And they've nice. they've been judges and jurors for Art in the Park a couple of times over the years. And what I love about them is that. Uh, they both have a great eye across multiple media. So yeah. the challenge in finding a judge yeah. is you're looking at ceramics, right. uh, fiber works, paintings, yeah. drawing, non-professional, yeah. professional. We you need have to, have to a, find someone that can do the wide swath of uh, media that we're, we're showing. Yeah, right. And that's that's not always easy to find. People from an academic right. background usually are, are pretty good yeah. because they've worked with students and, sure. and they see that. So as well as the nine category awards we mm -hmm. talked about, there were two other big awards. Yes. So what do yeah. people know about those awards? Well, the one is the Bank Purchase Award, which is we have an extensive art collection. I understand we have a curator that helps us with that. But, um, <laughs> that's right. But uh, we, awesome. we buy a piece out of the show. And so that's always kind of fun because, again, we don't know what's coming in. So we have to look at everything and decide what we want to buy. And then we add that to our permanent collection. So that's cool. And then we have a People's Choice Award, a Popular Choice Award that people vote on all weekend long. And that's great fun. I mean, just great fun. People come in and they take their ballot and their pencil and they walk around and they pick their favorite pieces and 
we count up all the ballots and it's it's just fun i'm always amazed by what people respond to yeah in the show it it inevitably surprises me i mean i'll think oh that's gonna be the piece and it's not it's the picture of the kitty you know <laughs> you just never know what it's gonna be and it's such fun now you you count the ballots as certainly all do. through the weekend so by the end of saturday <laughs> do you generally know who's gonna win I would say 75% of the time, by the end of the day on Saturday, I, there's a clear front runner. But mm-hmm. I've had several years where I was literally counting ballots right up to the minute we announced it. I think it was about three years ago. We had three pieces that were, you know, one vote, one oh, vote apart. Wow. I mean, it, it was super close. So it really does make a difference when you vote. But, but I would say, like I said, 75% of the time, there's a clear front runner. I remember the person who lost by one vote said, I should have voted for myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah politicians vote for themselves. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and I love that the bank makes a purchase award every year to add to its collection of 750 artworks across all of the 18 branches and offices throughout oh. Boone County. But why has art always been so important to Central you Bank? You know, it's interesting. It's part of our culture because R.B. Price, the very first R.B. Price, was an artist. He was a draftsman and so he loved artwork himself and did it himself and so it's kind of always been a part of the bank culture because it was part of our founders culture so yeah i mean it's kind of in our lifeblood as an organization it's always it's always been who we are it is a, a fascinating collection, having come to know it quite intimately over the last nine, ten months. It is there's a, a, a huge number of local and central Missouri artists that are represented there. We have works by Bob Busabaga and Frank Stack and other, you know, a lot of well known people. But you also have works that were collected around the country as the bank expanded in the nineties and eighties, nineties and two thousands. I mean, every time the president we bought a bank or we ate, yeah. Yeah, I mean the president would go around the country for meetings and go to art galleries I think is how it looks when yeah. I look at the database and say oh I'll have those four <laughs> ship them back to Missouri and so it's really a very eclectic mm-hmm. collection a lot of abstract works um, from San Francisco Texas Florida you know all all over the place do you have a feeling about how you would want the collection to be defined going forward you know I have two feelings about that. One is I want anyone who walks into any one of our banks to feel special, right? Because the the atmosphere is unique and and interesting, right? I want them to be moved by artwork that they see on the wall. So that that's part of it. But I also want it to be a reflection of our local arts community. I want people to understand that great art can come from anywhere and it particularly can come from here. One of the things that's most rewarding to me about the art show is seeing someone, you know, come in in their scrubs with their very first painting they've ever entered yes. <laughs> and 5 years later they've quit their job at the hospital and they're painting professionally. I mean, that to me is the essence of what we do. And so supporting local art is really, really important to us. But we also want that sense of magic or that sense of awe when you walk into one of our banks and you see something beautiful that makes you feel good. On that line, and this is what I've seen at the Boone County Art Show many times, and also at the Art League, whose walls are similarly the first place a lot of people hang, is people bringing an artwork in and being very unsure of themselves as artists, and someone's persuaded them to bring it in, and they're really not sure, and they put it in the show, and then I call them and I say, someone's bought your work. Right. 
and they say, was it my mother? You know, was it someone I know? And I'm like, no, there's no one you know. And in that moment, they become an artist. Yeah. Right. And that is right, so yeah. magical. Or, the, or, yeah, it's really or true. they get that honorable mention ribbon, right? It's not even the first, second, or third place ribbon. They just get that honorable mention. Right. And somehow yeah. it's validating that what they're doing has value. And you can't replace the look on people's faces when that happens. You just can't. Mm-hmm. It is it's a beautiful really moment. So 10 years ago, when we were celebrating the 50th Boone County Art Show, the bank very kindly offered to host a Friday night sneak peek reception as a fundraiser for the Columbia Art League. And it was such a delightful evening <laughs> that Mary, in her generosity, agreed to do it again the next year. And thus the tradition edition of the Friday night sneak peek was born. It's another of my favorite events, even when I'm there officially. So Mary, set, set <laughs> Tell me scene. how much you hate this event. <laughs> because it's not enough that we bring in all this artwork. We're like, let's throw a party. I know. No, it's it's a way for us to raise money for the Art League. And it's, it's a way for people who are real buyers to come in and really get a sneak peek and see the pieces that they want as part of their own personal collections. And so we're, we're happy to do it. I mean, it's it, it does feel sometimes like, what were we thinking? <laughs> but uh, but it's a nice way to, frankly, sell artwork. That's, what, that's why we do it. We do it to sell artwork. And it starts at 8 o'clock. It's a wine and dessert, and you have right. live music, and the bank is all quiet, and the judges are wandering around, and it just feels really special mm-hmm. to be yeah. there. Tickets are $25 per person. Right. Mm-hmm. All the money goes to the Columbia yes. Art League yes. program. Yes. Um, so it's a great way of supporting the Art League at the show and also if you want to buy a piece of art yes. getting a yes, first look exactly. at what comes in <laughs> yeah. so often you know on Friday night there are lots of red dots by the end of yeah. Friday yeah. evening um, yeah, and I have people it. complain about that, and I'm like, well, for twenty five dollars, you can <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> you can come in and buy them too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and what is also amazing is the price range. So there are absolutely. ones oh for like yes. twenty five dollars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think the highest one is fifty thousand. I tell people, yeah, that was a yeah, they didn't want to sell that. Okay. Um, here's the thing, I tell people all the time, best bargains and artwork are at the Boone County Art Show. If you have yeah. never ever bought a piece of art, you can buy a piece of art at the Boone County Art Show. I mean, it is incredibly affordable. You know, your light, literally $25 or $50 or I mean, yeah. all the way up to thousands of dollars, but it's a great way to buy art. It is. It's so exciting. And then sometimes during the show on Saturday, you go around and you put a green yes. dot on some works. And the yeah. green dot means you want to keep it for the extended show. Right. What we do is we keep a select number, usually around 20, 25 or more if people let me. Um, Not letting you. I know. I know you hate it when I take too many. But anyway, um, but it's so great. Uh, but we keep those till the end of November this year. And so if you miss the show this weekend, which you shouldn't because it should be a priority for you, you can come in and see select works through the end of November. And so if you see a red dot on a work, it means that it's been sold. Right. If it has a green dot, it just means it's, you can still buy. It just means that Mary would like to keep it for yes. the extended show, but right. it's really up to it's the buyer or right. the artist, so you yeah. don't have to leave it behind. Um, and then on Sunday afternoon, after the awards have been given out, mm-hmm. which you do at 4.30. 4.30, um, yep. Where we announce the People's Choice Award, winner, yes. which everyone is super excited to see yes. who's won that. And the Bank Purchase Award you announce as well at that yes. time. Then um, all the Art League volunteers arrive back at the bank again and rehang this extended show. The facilities <laughs> yeah. team and all your volunteers, right. the bank volunteers, they put back all the computers and phones, <laughs> yes. rehang the permanent artwork, yes. put away all the eels at 9am on Monday morning. 
It's a bank it's again. It's a bank again. It makes <laughs> me so sad. It makes me so sad. <laughs> Is that your favorite part of the weekend when it's over or when it starts? Oh, when it starts for sure. Because at the end, I literally get really sad when the art show is over on Sunday. I, I really do. Because to me, it's such a magical weekend and and it's over. And I get really blue about it. And then I'm fine the next day. But yeah, no, I get real sad at the end of the show. It is lovely. Well, Kelsey, I do hope you enjoy your first big I cannot show. wait, actually. So. My second that guest today have been the Columbia Art League's Executive Director, Kelsey Hammond, and Central Bank of Boone County's Marketing Empress, Mary Wilkerson. <laughs> the 60th Annual Boone County Art Show opens at 8 p.m. tonight with a sneak peek wine and dessert fundraiser before opening to the public tomorrow from 9 till 5 and on Sunday from 11 till 4. Tickets for tonight's fundraiser are $25 with all proceeds supporting Cal and there is no cost to attend the show over the weekend. Thank you, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. You're listening to Speaking of the Arts and before we hand the airwaves over to Terry Gross and Fresh Air, I have a list of arts events coming up They would like to find their way onto your calendars. This weekend is your only chance to see the MU Theatre Department's 17th Annual Life and Literature Performance Series, this year featuring Climate Change Theatre Action. There are performances at the Studio 4 Theatre at 7.30 tonight and tomorrow, plus a final 2pm matinee on Sunday. Tickets are $7. Also ending this weekend is Talking Horse Theatre's production of the Lynn Nottage Comedy, by the way, Meet Vera Stark. Showtimes are 7.30 tonight and tomorrow, plus there is a 2pm matinee on Sunday and tickets are $15. At First Baptist Church at 7pm tonight, the Odyssey Chamber Music Series presents Fall in France, featuring oboist Alison Roebuck and singer Nolly Moore, performing works by Saint-Saëns and Foray. Tickets are $20 and you can buy them on the door. The Bernie Sisters will be on stage at the Fink Theatre in California, Missouri at 7pm this evening and you can see them for a $12 admission. And tonight is the sneak peek for the 60th Annual Boone County Art Show at Central Bank of Boone County. It's an early chance to buy one of the works in this year's art show, plus there's live music, a wine and dessert buffet and all ticket sales go towards support of the Columbia Art League's programmes. This evening is from 8 till 10 and tickets are 25. The Boone County Art Show kicks off bright and early on 9am on Saturday morning and is open till 5. There's no cost to visit the show, which this year will feature over 200 artworks by local artists. Also starting at 9am on Saturday morning is an author talk by architect Lynn Craig at Skylock Bookshop. Lynn will be talking about his book, Draw It, which will be followed by a sketch crawl throughout downtown, culminating in a sketch throwdown at Sega Browder's Gallery at noon. There is no cost to attend. And after that's over, head back to Skylock Bookshop for drag story time and a special Halloween edition from one till two. It's for children, but adults go and it's really fun. <laughs> at the Boone History and Culture Centre, their Meet the Author series continues at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning with Justin Ham talking about his book, The Inheritance, Poems and Photographs. And this is a free event. Saturday evening, the Como African Dance and Percussion Celebration features artists from Guinea and Ghana, along with local African percussion and dance group Wontanara. The performance will be at Forum Christian Church at 7.30 and the suggested adult donation is $10 and kids attend for free. And at Rose Music Hall on Saturday night... Actually, I think it says tonight I got this wrong. Eight-piece funk, rock, jazz group, oversight committee, play with Don't Mind Dying. That is actually tonight, not tomorrow night. And tickets are $5 for the 9 p.m. show. Sunday afternoon, the Boone Plen Air painting event wraps up at the Hartsburg Grand Theatre with a public reception and exhibit of the works created over the three-day paint-out. The event starts at 4.30 and is free to attend. Meanwhile, back in town, the two-day Boone County Art Show also wraps up on Sunday afternoon at 4.30 with an awards ceremony and announcement of the People's Choice Award award winner.
Monday afternoon from four till five, the University of Missouri Theatre Department is holding a preview of their upcoming production of The Wiz at Daniel Boone Regional Library with cast members performing a selection of songs. And at the Bingham Gallery on the Mizzou campus, there is a reception and artist talk by artists Jacob Salazar and Ian Shelley about their show, High Plains Jamboree. And that starts at 4.30 on Monday afternoon and is free to attend. Wednesday evening, the Como Comedy Club presents Tammy Pescatelli at the Blue Note. Tammy has been seen on Finding the Funny, The Tonight Show and A Stand-Up Mother. Tickets are $25 and her show starts at 7. And there is a ton to choose from on Thursday next week. At 6pm, author of Red State Christians, Angela Denker, will be at Skylock Bookshop for an author talk. At Columbia Entertainment Company... It is opening night for the musical Dream Girls, which follows the struggles and successes of a fictional black female R&B group, The Dreams, amidst the radical social change of the 60s and 70s. Showtime is 7.30 and tickets for next Thursday's opening night are just $10. Thursday the 24th is also Access Arts annual signature event Celebrity, where artists are paired with local celebrities and together they create an artwork, all of which are auctioned at the party. This year's Celebrity Evening will be at the Burr Oak Brewery starting at 5.30. Tickets are $25 and available from Access Arts. And at the Blue Note next Thursday, their Halloween Brew and View event features the movie Hocus Pocus and is followed by a 90s versus noughties Halloween costume ball with DJ Requiem. Movie showtime is 7pm and tickets are $5 and the Halloween costume ball starts at 9 also for a $5 cover. You've been listening to Speaking of the Arts on 89.5 FM, KOPN Columbia with me, Dinah Moxon, and my good friend and sound engineer, Mike Hagen. We'll be back next week with more news, views and interviews on the arts in mid-Missouri. Stay arty, Columbia.